Hello, my name is Denise Renner, and I want to welcome you to my program. I am so excited about sharing with you today about what it is I have on my heart. And it's really about the presence of God and how we need to be strong in these last days because when we experience his presence, when we take time to experience his presence, we never, never come out the same because you can't be around him and stay the same. It's impossible. So that's what I want to talk to you about today. And I want to begin with a testimony. And uh, it says, hello, I would like to share my testimony. After your live broadcast, I received God's provision for my situation. For a long time, I was not able to find an appropriate apartment for me and even began to lose hope. But the word you were teaching encouraged me, and I received it by faith. Isn't that wonderful? The presence of God touched this person. And then the miracle happened. Suddenly, a good apartment was found, and I'm moving in. Praise the Lord. You know, that's the power of his presence because hope moves in where hopelessness was. So I want you to open your Bible with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18 and this is our first scripture and father let's just pray before we begin this lesson father I thank you for your presence and I thank you father that it's impossible for us to experience your presence and and be the same because in your presence is every good thing and Lord right now even by faith we open our heart to receive from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So look at verse 18 of Second uh, Corinthians chapter 3. And it says, But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And that means, friends, that as we behold Him, as we spend time with Him, we're changed from one glory to the next glory. And you cannot spend time with Him and not be changed. And, and this even it says, as in a mirror. So as we look into the word of God, as we spend time with God, as we meditate upon his word, we're looking into the mirror, not the mirror of ourself, but we're looking into a glass. We're looking into him. And as we look into that place, just like a mirror, that reflection, you look in, but the reflection comes back on you. And that's exactly like it is when we spend time with him, when we meditate in his word, when we're quiet before him, 
that we look into, you could say like a mirror, but it's not that we get our reflection so much, but we get his reflection and it begins to show up in our heart, in our attitude, in our patience, in our uh, getting rid of doubt and unbelief, in our joy, in our peace, because that's everything that he is. So we can't look into that mirror. We can't look into that with, with, into him without that reflection of him coming back on us and affecting us. Isn't that wonderful? Well, I want to talk to you today a couple examples about a really powerful example, and that is with Jacob. And we go to Genesis 27 to open this story. Now, many of you may know that that uh, Jacob, he stole his um, brother's blessing. He stole his birthright. Uh, he deceived him, and he stole his brother's Esau's birthright and blessing, and he deceived him. And uh, so if I just want you to see what, he, you know, Jacob was facing by his terrible actions. And that is in Genesis chapter 27, verse 41. So this, you could say, this is Jacob's destiny, if you would like to say it like this. So verse 41. So Esau hated Jacob because of the blessing with which his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, the days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. Verse 42. And the words of Esau, her, her older son, were told to Rebekah. So she sent and called Jacob, her younger son, and said to him, Surely your brother Esau comforts himself concerning you by intending to kill you. Well, how would you like for those words to be spoken over you and about you? But that was Jacob's situation. And so Jacob, after that, he escapes from Esau and he goes to one of the relatives and his name is Laban. Well, Jacob spends many years there. Laban deceives him. Laban says, uh, Okay, here is the woman that you love, uh, Rachel, and, uh, and he gives Rachel to him on their wedding night, but he and Jacob worked seven years for her, but on the wedding night, Laban deceived Jacob, and it wasn't Rachel, it was Leah, the older sister, so then, then Jacob had to work another seven years before he received Rachel. Well, you can tell that this father-in-law, Laban, is not a very nice man, and he's not good to Jacob. He uses Jacob. He lies to Jacob. He deceives Jacob. And Jacob is there at least 14 years. Well, in that 14 years, uh, Jacob receives all these children, uh, two wives, and the, through the Lord's blessing, 
Uh, he received a lot of sheep and goats and servants. And now it's time for uh, Jacob to leave Laban. And now he knows that he has to face Esau. Well, you can imagine Jacob is so scared because the last words that he heard that Esau said was, I'm intending to kill him. And years have passed by. So look at Genesis chapter 32. And we can look into what was in Jacob's heart. And it's, it's uh, six and seven. So it says, then the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. Now, friend, when it says that 400 men are with you, that means that he's coming to kill, he's coming to attack, he's coming to destroy. Now, look at the next verse. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him and the flocks and the herds and camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to one company and attacks it, then the other company, which is left, will escape. Then Jacob said, Jacob starts praying. He, he's planning the biggest escape he can, but he starts praying. Verse 9 of chapter 32 of Genesis. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. Now, I think this is a really good example for us because uh, Jacob, of course, he's in a terrible situation. Uh, he just, we just read that he is not just afraid, he's greatly afraid. He's not just greatly afraid, he's distressed. He's worried because Esau is planning on bringing these 400 men, killing him, attacking him, stealing from him. But Jacob, the first thing he does in this prayer, he acknowledges who he is, who his father is, who his grandfather is. But then he says, and I will deal well with you. He, he says the promise. He says what God said to him. You go and I will do well for you. And friend, I want to say that when we're facing something horrible, scary, maybe it's bankruptcy, maybe it's a, a child that's sick, very sick, maybe it's a spouse that's very sick, maybe it's a relationship that's falling apart, maybe you just got released from your job, I, I, I don't know what's going on, but you're in that terrible situation. It is very important for you and I, when we hear the terrible news, that we say, God, you said you'd take care of me. That's very important. Because instead of just listening to every single lie, every single fearful thought, every single I'm going to give up thought, 
we start saying, God, I am yours, and you said you would take care of me. And that's what Jacob did. And then we see the next verse. He says, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth which you've shown your servant. For I crossed over this Jordan with a staff, and now I have two companies. He was saying, when I was escaping Esau, and I crossed over that Jordan, he said, all I had was a staff. That's all I had. But God, through your mercy and through your kindness to me and your faithfulness and everything you've shown me, I don't just have a staff, God. I have two companies. I have sheep. I have cattle. I have goats. I have servants. I have children. I have wives. I have two companies. And he recognizes that though he's in a terrible situation, he gives God thanks. And that's the great lesson for us that even if we are in a terrible situation that we not just put our eyes on that terrible situation but that we look upward and we say God I give you thanks Lord I give you thanks you delivered me before God you'll deliver me now Lord, I thank you for every good thing that's in my life. God, I thank you that my life is not what it used to be. It's better now. God, you know I have a need, but I thank you for what you've done. This is very, very good for us, friends, to, number one, to uh, remember the promise, remind ourselves of the promise. Number two, to be thankful. And this is what Jacob's doing. Now, the second thing he does is he prays. Here's his prayer. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau. For I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother with the children. For, and, and so here's it. That's his prayer. He, this, is, this is clear. I want you to deliver me. I'm afraid. Verse 12, for you said, I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for a multitude. Now, again, he so he first, he recognizes the promise. Then he's thankful. Then he says the petition to God. God, I'm afraid. I want you to deliver me. And then he says again, the promise that you said you would multiply me. And so, so it's important for us, friend, that we not only be thankful, but we remember the promised. I'm God's. I, he sees me. I'm his child. He loves me. He has a good plan for me. His presence is with me. He has not left me. He said he would never leave me nor forsake me. And we start quoting the promises of what he's done. And then it says that uh, after that, it says that Jacob, that he went and did everything in the natural that he knew to do to send over servants and cattle and sheep to 
Esau his brother before he saw Esau his brother. Then we get to verse 24. And I just told you, Jacob's done everything in the natural that he knows to do. But everything in the natural we know to do is not enough. God has to do something. And so verse 24, it says that Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So this, uh, you'll go on to, as we see the scripture, you'll go on to see that Jacob recognizes this is not just a man. This is, this is the an angel of the Lord. This is the Lord. So, so we see this in later scriptures. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, so the angel said, or God said, or the Lord said, let me go because day is breaking. But look what Jacob says. I will not let you go unless you bless me. Now, Remember, Jacob is in a terrible, life-threatening situation and to lose everything. He needs the blessing of the Lord. He is desperate. And he has a hold of, of let's say, the Lord. He has a hold of him. And he says, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And friend, I've already told you probably that many, many years ago that I was in a situation. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to change. My hands were cold, painfully cold. My feet were painfully cold all the time. I was having panic attacks. Tremendous fear was in my mind. I went to bed with it. I woke up in, with it. I was fighting my way to keep my mind sound and just to keep doing what I needed to do. And I remember one night, sleepless nights, that went with it too. And, and I was with my family. We were traveling in the United States. They're all sleeping peacefully. I got up. I was holding on to the sink. And I said, God, I don't know what you want, but I am not letting go of you until you bless me, until you do what it is that you're trying to do, because I did not know. And I don't know if you're in that situation. You say, God, I've prayed, I've fasted, I've given, I've tithed. I don't know what else to do. Maybe you're in that situation right now. Don't let go. Be like Jacob. Say, I'm not letting go until you bless me. There is something powerful that happens when we say, I don't care what I feel. I don't quite care what they say. I don't care what I think. I am not letting you go. And you could see this in Jacob. And he says, I'm not letting you go till you bless me. And verse 27. So he said to him, what is your name? And Jacob said, he said, Jacob. Well, this is quite a moment because you know Jacob's name, what it means. It means schemer trickster, 
swindler. And how would you like to tell somebody that? You want them to bless you, but you have to admit, I've been a schemer, I've been a trickster, and I've been a swindler. There's something about that truth of Jacob saying that to the Lord. And look what happens in verse 28. We see the mercy of the Lord. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob. <laughs> Don't you love that? He's in the presence of the Lord and he says, your name shall no longer be called swindler, trickster, schemer. But your name shall be called Israel. And Israel, uh, in my Bible, in the notes, it means prince with God. What a difference from swindler, trickster, schemer, to prince with God. But God brought his mercy and he, he was bringing his blessing on Jacob. He, Jacob's in his presence. You can't be the same if you experience his presence. You have to come out different if you've been with God. And so Jacob he says, so that the, the Lord or the angel or wh whichever you would like to name, the name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked, saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And then it says, he blessed him. The next verse says, so Jacob, it's verse 30, called the name of the place Penuel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. That's the will of the Father. Not that we, we drowned in our circumstances. And we're defeated and broken. But that we meet with him. The circumstances aren't from him. But he'll take those circumstances. And he'll make it a precious place that we meet with him. And we say, God, God, I want you to bless me. God, I admit I have been this way or I've been that way. Or, or God, you see what's inside of me, God. Change me. And we open up our heart bigger to him. And we say, I'm not letting go till you bless me. And we experience his presence. And just like Jacob. Jacob went into that place with God, that wrestling match. His name was Jacob. He came out of that place. His name was changed to Israel, Prince with God. And just to let you know, friends, how it ended. So Jacob, the, it says that the, the, the Lord left 
and Jacob got his things together and he, he went to meet Esau. And the Bible says he bowed before Esau seven times. And I got to read you this verse. It's verse 4 of chapter 33. And it says, but Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him. And they wept together. Do you see the blessing? The blessing. It was, it was what Jacob was seeking was the blessing and the blessing came on him and his brother did not despise him anymore, did not hate him anymore, did not want to kill him anymore. My question to you, dear friend, what is it that you need from the presence of God? Is it healing in your body? Is it healing in your mind? Is it healing in a relationship? Oh, the Bible says he's closer to us than our breath is close to us. He is right there. He is right there with you right now. Remember, you cannot come into his presence and not be changed. And so right now, I agree with you that to open up your heart, as you never opened your heart before and say, God, you know, this is my problem. You know that I am desperate. I need your help. And I'm not letting go until you help me, until you bless me. You stay in that fight. Don't quit. And you'll see the blessing of the Lord. Oh. Thank you for letting me share the word of God and my heart about these scriptures with you. And I'll see you next time. Women are powerful and very influential. But what kind of power and influence they have depends on what has happened inside their hearts. The Bible tells us of women like Jezebel, a woman who had no touch of God in her heart and used her influence to destroy her husband, her sons, and her nation. But the Bible also gives examples of women who were supportive, godly, helpful, and delivering. In this amazing 10-part series, 10 Powerful Women with Rick and Denise Renner, you will learn about an unnamed woman who changed history, a woman God radically changed, a woman who saved her nation, a woman who was delivered of demons by Jesus, a woman who gave her living room to Jesus, a woman preacher in the New Testament, whether you are a man or a woman, this powerful series will help you embrace who God wants you to be and is available in digital or physical format starting at just $20. In addition, we are also offering you the book, All the Women of the Bible. The world needs men and women to embrace their God-given destiny and to make a difference in the lives of those around them. This book is filled with examples of 400 named and unnamed women of the Bible, and it is amazing. We know it will be a blessing to you. This insightful book by Herbert Lockyer can be yours for just $19. Don't miss this special offer, this series, 10 Powerful Women, and the book, All the Women of the Bible. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.